0: hey what's up guys this is ricky v and you're listening to episode number 46 of the elite fitness podcast and in this one i'm going to uh play for you guys this uh injection podcast steve and i did for our evolutionary radio podcast number 358 is a, a good good podcast with information all about injections uh, it's one that's uh, worth listening to uh i think at least once a year in my opinion but uh hit it up guys check it out
1: podcast coming your way. This is number 358. Another compound episode, guys, but we're going to talk about injection techniques for this compound episode, so this is going to be a cool one. We've got a lot of people calling in about injecting, so Steve Smee here, and Rick, what's up, man?
0: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
1: Yes, so we got a lot of topics to hit on this. Let's first start with a story. Um, let's talk about the first time we injected. So my story was, it was, um, I was trying to inject 250 milligrams of sustenin, and my dumb ass, instead of injecting 250 milligrams of sustenin, I put in the wrong amount in the syringe because I was so damn nervous that I put in twice that amount. So I put in 500 milligrams. And if you've ever injected 500 milligrams of sustenin, that thing really, really, has a lot of post injection pain. So, and I, um, I was like trying to figure out how to inject. I was using a 23 gauge needle, which is pretty damn thick. And we're going to talk about needle sizes later. And I'm like sitting there like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? I kept telling myself, look, if I want to reach my goals, I got to do this. I got to do this. You know, I want to, I want to reach my goals. I want to get stronger. I want to get bigger, you know? So I kept attempting the injection. And I kept chickening out. So finally I was like, you know what, I'm going to inject in my delt. I went into a closet and I kind of like lay, like kind of sat down or lay down under the closet. And then I like kind of put my shoulder to one side and then I injected myself into there and gosh, I didn't even feel a thing. And then the next day, Oh my gosh, it hurt so much. It felt, felt like I got hit by a baseball bat. So Yeah, that was it. And then I realized, Oh my God, I had injected twice the amount of sustenance I meant to instead of just 250. I injected 500 because I was, I so damn nervous. I kept, you know, messing around with it and I've had 250 set up and I was like, no, this isn't right. It's supposed to be 500, you know, twice this. And I thought I was injecting 250. So that was my first injection. Pretty damn nervous, very, very shaky. And I think that contributed to the pain that I was experiencing. So Rick, tell us, uh, do you have a story about your first time?
0: You know, uh, I didn't have much in the way of uh, injection pain or anything. I I was on EliteFitness.com at the time. So I got, I was really well prepared for what the injection was going to be like. But I got my stuff, right? I got my stuff uh, um, from uh, different parts of the world. And I lived in in a basement apartment with my dad at the time. So I was trying to take my shot without my father finding out. Like I was really amped up to get it done. So I lock myself in the bathroom and I actually, uh, start trying to get the needle prepped up and it took me a long time to get the needle ready. I mean, I had a, a t- small multi-dose vial of, um, I had a small multi-dose vial of a Gannibal 50. It was a uh, 10 CCs. Uh, yeah, 10 CCs per 50 MGs. And I was trying to get the juice out of it and I fucking couldn't, bro. It really couldn't. I, it didn't dawn on me at the very moment. I, w- I was nervous. My dad was in the house that I needed to actually shoot some, some empty air into the vial to increase the air pressure so that it would draw pretty quickly. So I just sat there, man, just pulling, pulling, pulling on that plunger. Um, I could see the bubbles coming in from around the needle, uh, right into the liquid. And it took, Man, it took like 20 minutes, 30 minutes just to load it up. My first amp that I tried to open, it cracked open in my hands. So then I had to kind of leave everything uh, on the sink there, run out of the bathroom, go grab another amp, bring it back in. And it, my, my first injection was a mess. Once I got it all loaded up, then shooting it was pretty smooth. You know, no, I'm okay with physical pain. I mean, it, it was nothing to me. But just getting it loaded up, it, it was a problem. I went right back to Elite Fitness, asked the guys about these these issues, and uh it was basically explained to me like hey, you need to either put a second needle in there uh that is not attached to a syringe and that needle will let some air in or you need to just push some some air into the multi-dose vial so that you can withdraw. And uh, as far as the amps, just score the neck with a little a little folded up piece of sandpaper. Score the neck, score the neck, and then it'll snap right right off. I mean, just just running a little bit of sandpaper right around the neck a little bit is enough to weaken it to where you could just snap off with your fingers. But yeah, I mean, uh, the injection itself wasn't a problem. The problem was getting the juice into the needle. It, it took a very, very long time.
1: All right, so let's that segues into the first topic um, called in, uh, injection techniques for less pain. So I have a couple pointers that I've learned over the years. One of the simplest things you can do um is is kind of figure out which muscles like to be injected and which muscles don't some muscles hate being injected and they'll it'll be in more pain than others my example my right quad doesn't mind being injected but my left quad hates to Um, that's a perfect example another suggestion is is heating the the oil heat up the oil um you could boil it for like 20 seconds Um, And that really makes a difference. And then the third suggestion is mixing the oil. So if you have something that's a really maybe um, higher concentration that's going to cause more PIP, you can dilute it in the syringe with something else, like maybe some Equipoise or some Test Sip or Test E, which are smooth, or some Deca, which is typically smooth. And that will kind of take the edge off. Um, and kind of dilute it. So those are my three suggestions. I know I'm missing some, but I mean, I stick to those three things and I usually don't have any issues. Rick, what, what am I missing there?
0: All right. I think we skipped one of the, one of the topics, uh, a couple of topics that we, uh, that we agreed before the podcast. I think we're doing them out of order, but I'll follow you up on injection techniques for less pain. One is always use a fresh needle. Uh, never use the same needle to draw out of the vial or to draw out of your amp that you do to shoot. These needles have a very tiny, tiny tip on them, and you do dull the needle a bit when it goes through the rubber plunger. Not only that, uh, if the rubber plunger is exposed to the to the air, to the room, then you, you, you might be pick up a little bit of bacteria on the needle that wasn't there before. Also, when you're drawing from an amp, you're probably putting that needle all the way at the bottom of that amp to get, to get all of it out. Obviously, if you're with the weight of the needle in your hand, it's enough to actually just bend the tip of that needle a little bit. So you'll, you'll get one of those shots where you're pushing the needle in and, and the skin bends inward until it, pop, it pops right in. And that's usually a good sign of, of a dull needle. You want that needle to push right in and not to have a lot of uh, your skin move or, or, or too much when the needle's going in if you got a, a nice sharp needle. So that's one. Two, I don't, I don't like to leave any air at all. Uh, You know, I always waste a little bit of juice in in the syringe. I don't like to leave any air when I'm shooting. So I actually point the needle up up at the sky, and actually push it to where I leave a droplet or two of a steroid, let it run down the side of the needle. And I feel like it lubricates the shot a little bit. It lubricates the needle going in. When I just let that one little drop of of steroid uh, oil just kind of run down the head of the needle, uh, that, that's it. So you just fresh new needle every time. Once you've, once you it up your syringe, put in a fresh new needle, make sure it doesn't touch anything. Make sure you don't, you don't hit the tip with anything and then just point it up, get the last little bit of a bubbles out and let a little bit of that oil uh, come down the sides of the needle. If you want maybe a uh, less pain, you could ice down the area. I don't like icing down the area cause I don't like to, to watch the needle go in and I'm not feeling anything. It, it, it's very, it's a very odd kind of weird feeling to me. But if you you know, have sensitive skin, you don't, you don't like the feeling of it. Just ice the area down. I sit down long enough to where you put that needle in you shoot, you're not going to feel anything. Uh, some guys think some have a, like a lesser chance of uh, getting a train cough because you know, it, it kind of contracts everything in there. And so, you're less likely to spear through a, a capillary or something with, with your needle as you're going in. So those are just two kind of quick suggestions there. Just keep the needle nice and sharp, fresh new needle every time. Use a different needle to draw than, than you do to shoot always. always, And a little bit of oil to lubricate the needle I found I does found really well. Also, like Steve said, make sure you know which muscles in your body like to be injected and which ones don't. And once you find the muscles you like injecting and you're comfortable with it, you tend to have a lot less uh, pain during your shots. So you like it? You like to lubricate
1: it before it goes in? (laughs) All right, guys. So uh, yeah, I did go out of order, but we're gonna (laughs) go to the next one. It's uh, water-based versus oils versus peptides. So Rick, you wanna go over this? I'm gonna let you take the first stab at this one after you're done
0: lubricating. (laughs) So I've never done an underground water-based steroid all of the water-based steroids that I've done um, have been either farm grade or vet grade. And uh, back in a dizzy when I used to get the good stuff, uh, those water-based steroids would tend to crystallize a little bit and clump up. You have to shake them up. They'd be milky and they would clump up a little bit. So uh, always warming them up under the faucet, you know, warm water. It's a good way to help break up some of those crystals down. Uh, If you don't do that, Sometimes like if you got the, the old Zambones, you know, I can't remember what they're called now, but from um, even when you got stuff from Dencal or, or Quality Vet that was uh, water-based windstroke, you'd always, sometimes the needle would clog up a little bit. You get a little clump of, of crystal, uh, of, you know, jamming the needle on the way in or the way out and just warming it up warming up the mixture, shaking up really nicely before you drew, before you shot was just a really good way to make sure that mm, that steroid or the crystalline hormone didn't clump up when you're in that water. Also oil-based uh, oil-based is usually pretty good and pretty decent. Uh, the only thing is you got to make sure to, you know, it takes a little bit longer to draw and it takes a little bit longer to push in depending on the size of the needle. Uh, I don't recommend anybody mix water-based and oil-based steroids in the same needle. You don't do that. I probably wouldn't, be, wouldn't uh, mix two water-based compounds together. Uh, I know some guys would miss, mix their uh, vitamin B12 shots along with their winstrol, And in some cases, it, there could be a, a reaction that could cause things to clump up in there. So I, I, you know, water-based, I would just shoot it straight. Oil-based, you can mix it without oils. Do not mix oil and water. Um, when you shoot a water-based steroid, the water dissipates quite quickly of that muscle and it leaves the crystalline hormone in the depot. And you kind of want that. When you shoot an oil-based steroid, uh, that oil depot takes a longer time to actually be absorbed in, 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 into the muscle. If you put water-based steroid in an oil-based steroid in the same needle, once you shoot it in the depot, you'll have little bubbles of water that are trapped in that oil that are not going to dissipate quickly. And those little bubbles of water could become, it could be a breeding ground for bacteria. You know, it's, it's, it's body temperature and you've got a water trapped inside of the oil. The bacteria maybe won't grow in the oil, but the bacteria could grow in that water. So it just, it creates a, um, it creates a situation that is not intended. You know, the, you're not supposed to have a little bubble of water inside of your muscle like that for extended periods of time being warmed up by your body. That could create breeding ground for bacteria. So don't mix them together. Don't mix your, your water base with any other water base either. Just make sure if you're doing B12 and you're doing winstrol and they're both water-based, different syringes, uh, different injection sites. Oils, you can mix pretty much all the oils together. Unless you're taking something like synthol. You really don't want to mix synthol with any steroids in my opinion. But... Uh, you can do it that way. I guess we'll get into injection sites a little bit a little bit later, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay, so that, that was my, my uh, that's what I had to
1: say about yeah, it. Yeah, you covered it all. I, I, you know, I know better than to inject Winstrel. Uh, I learned that, you know, I studied it enough on the forums and asked people and, you know, got that knowledge not to do it. Some guys don't mind it. I, I um, got a hold of some suspension, testosterone suspension uh, one time. And I did a couple uh, shots of that and uh, was a was a really bad, bad situation. And I told I, I I won't even touch this stuff again. It's not for me. But if you're a tested athlete, I guess, um, these, you know, a water-based test suspension is a, is going to be good because it's going to be in your body so fast, it's going to be hard to get busted for it. So that's the only advantage. I, I, I just don't recommend it. If you got Winstrol, drink the Winstrol, or just take the oral tablets same same thing all right guys so the next one is uh, mixing and reconstituting peptides so um i have a couple tips on this uh very important to realize with peptides they're very fragile um what a peptide is it's going to come in a vial it's going to be like a powdery substance so what you're going to want to do is you want to constitute it uh, reconstitute it with some uh back back well, back water um is what i recommend And um, I recommend that over sterile water and uh, backwater, you know, you can buy anywhere, Amazon, eBay, whatever, Um, any type of medical supply uh, shop online sells uh, backwater. But what you want to do with peptides, you want to store them properly, even before you you reconstitute them. So you want to put them in the fridge. Um, I would put them, a lot of people make the mistake, Rick, and they put them like when you open your fridge on, on, on the left side where you kind of put your eggs in that little slot. But I think it's a mistake to put your peptides there because you're opening and closing the fridge how many times a day. So what's going to end up happening is those peptides are going to get moved around um, they may fall out and, and crack open. They're they're just being moved around. And with peptides, you want to treat them like you want to treat them like a baby. You don't want to move them around. You don't want to do anything. So, and then also with peptides, after you reconstitute them, you want to use them as soon as possible because after that point, they're going to start degrading. So use them as soon as possible something like hcg for example you want to use your hcg within 30 to 45 days after reconstituting and anything off uh, more than that it's going to be it's going to get degraded same thing with any peptide no matter what you're using sooner you use it the better so i mean those are my my uh advices when it when it comes to uh peptides Uh, rick anything else to add or you want to move on
0: uh, yeah, peptides come in, in these little wafers, uh, very like a little chunk broken off of wafer in the empty bile. And when you reconstitute it, you want stick, to stick the needle in there. And just slow drip the water, not on top of the peptide, mind you. You want to kind of slow drip the water onto the the glass side and let it kind of flow into the peptide. You really want to treat it as something very delicate, like Steve said. You don't want to shake it around or any of that stuff. When it comes to peptides or human growth hormone, those are very complex molecules. I mean, they're they're basically folded up uh, proteins. Uh, compared to a steroid which is just uh, a a ring structure uh, which is not very complex if we were talking about like size and complexity if you think of a testosterone being uh, about the size of a golf ball uh, then human growth hormone would be like the size of a car and we get into it about with complexity as well This, this is why the same testosterone will work on a horse, on a dog, on a human, but growth hormone, it's per animal. You know, the growth hormone on a horse will not have the same protein sequence or the same effects on a human or on a dog. So th- these are these are hormones that actually were developed and that our bodies evolved in different phases of, of evolution. So definitely you'd have to really treat these peptides and the the human growth hormone as what they are. They're very complex structures that are easily broken if you if you change temperatures on them too quickly or if you shake them up. So it's very important to just you stick the the tip of the needle in, just let drip by drip right drip right on the glass. You you turn it sideways a little bit so that it's dripping right on the glass. You're letting it fill. You're letting it kind of kinda drown the peptide and let it dissolve. You don't want to shoot the, the liquid right onto the peptide surface or even the drops. You don't want the drops falling right on top of the wafer and, and then shaking it. You don't want to do any of that stuff because that's all going to damage a, a good portion of, of that complex structure you got in there that you're trying, to, you're trying to work with.
1: All right, guys. So that's really, really good advice. Next one is compounds that cause post-injection pain. Um, and for me, um, I discussed sustenance at the beginning of the show. Sustenance, um, you know, it's a blend of three, uh, uh, four testosterone esters, one of which is propionate. And, um, you know, propionate, testosterone propionate, is going to cause post-injection pain with most people. Um, and then for me, Primo, I used uh, a a uh, pharmacy-grade Primo, this was a, a years ago, and that stuff is like motor oil. I mean, it barely even goes through a needle. I mean, so as soon as I inject it, I'm on the ground in pain. Um, it's horrible. And then my, wherever I injected it, it's like hurt for like two or three days. So be careful with that. You know, a lot of under, underground labs, Rick, they're coming out with these Primo's, and they use different types of oils with these Primo's, and they do a really good job of cutting down that post-injection pain. So, you know, we're seeing that. Um, and then, of course, I mentioned also the, the suspension. The uh, suspension gave me really bad post-injection pain, obviously, Winstrel, injecting Winstrel, post-injection pain. Um, how about you, Rick? What, what did you deal with? Um, you know, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Yeah, the, the shorter esters tend to actually hurt more. Your acetates, your propionates tend to hurt more than if you have your on the canoates. Uh, your undicyclinates, those tend to hurt less. So you're absolutely right. That, that's all I found. Also, the water-based stuff hurts quite a bit, uh, and it leaves a, a sore spot. So those are, are, are pretty painful. So I, th- I think you covered it, man.
1: So we've covered um, lubrication, sticking it in, and then pain. So uh, we're, on a good, uh, we're on our way on this podcast, Rick. <laughs> so the next one is places to shoot. So, uh, for, you know, the first injection I did was in my delt, And the reason I chose my delt is, you know, I got wide shoulders. Even before I touched steroids, I had been lifting for years. So I had really wide shoulders. And when I walked through a door, my shoulders were so damn wide that it would hit, you know, the, the door. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys who are like short and stocky like me. You know what I'm talking about. You guys who are tall and lanky probably hit your head on the top of the door. But for us short stocky guys, we, we were more wide, okay? So I'd hit my shoulder. So I was thought about the idea. I was like, look, I'm always banging my shoulder into walls and doors and stuff. So let me just inject on in my shoulder. So, you know, I, I like the delts. Another place I like is the pecs. And the, the thing that I like about the pecs is you can hit both of your pecs simply, just, simply by just looking down you can hit your pecs and then you can kind of just look down and inject them. So there isn't that awkwardness of hitting your glute, you know, having to, you know, look around or use a mirror to hit your glute. I I used to do my glute and I'd use a mirror and it'd be like, you turn the needle one way and in the mirror, it looks like you're turning it the other. It's kind of like you're, you know, the mirror is like playing tricks on you. So, you know, I prefer places that I can see uh, the delts, the pecs, the quads, places I can see. So that's, that's what I like. And um, very, very important too, to rotate injection spots. So a lot of guys just like hitting their glutes, right glute, left glute, right glute, left glute. You can't do that because over time, you're going to develop scar tissue. And then one of these days, you're going to inject in there and the needle is going to get stuck and you're going to be like, what the heck is going on here? Well, nah, that crackle start-
0: pop. Yeah, I, I have, a, have a good bit of, of scar tissue on my glutes because I'm a glute shooter. And uh, basically when I put the needle in, I, I hear popping noise. I feel the pop, pop, pop. is because when it's going through scar tissue, it's a completely different structure uh, the way it feels on the needle than just going through fresh muscles. So, so developing scar tissue on areas that you shoot a lot is, is actually very, very accurate. It does happen a lot.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have to rotate guys. You're going to have to find different spots, especially on big cycles. If you're running big cycles, you're doing a lot of injections. You're doing a lot of injections frequently. You have to rotate um, because, you know, uh, developing tissue. someone asked on a forum, they're like, what, what happens if I develop scar tissue? Well, what's eventually what's going to happen is you're going to build it up more and more and more. And it's going to get to the point where you're not going to be able to inject at all into that spot. And when you do inject, You're going to pull out and there's going to be blood because that scar tissue is going to basically break inside you like what Rick was describing and you're going to basically shoot up a bunch of blood and that's basically, you know, going to force you to use other spots. So you might as well just do it the right way and just rotate properly.
0: Yeah, rotating areas is a good idea. If you use something that is low concentration, high volume, maybe like a Ganibal fifty if you could get your hands on it, which is is pretty tough now, shooting like in the bicep in the shoulders, you might get a, a little bit of a cosmetic effect out of it, uh, maybe not not a lot, not a ton, but it'll do something if you're using you know high volume on some of these small muscles might not be a bad idea. I'm not saying that the steroid is going to be anabolic right at the site because it won't because anything with an ester cannot attach to androgen receptors and have an effect until the ester is cleaved off of the steroid by enzymes in your body. So even if you inject in your biceps and your glutes on your shoulders, the steroid is going to leave that area and and float in your body. And then some enzymes are going to cleave off the ester and then your body, then, then it can attach to androgen receptors. But whenever you are stretching the, the muscle fibers apart by putting the, the oil in there, by creating that depot, you have a, a little bit of a scar tissue that's going to develop in that empty space. It's something that, that happens. And, you know, because the oil that we use kind of dissipate quickly enough so that scar tissue doesn't really form, maybe not as much as something like synthol, that lingers there way longer so that you really do get a scar tissue effect. When it comes to, to that, you, you know, you'll get a little bit of a cosmetic effect, in my opinion, if you shoot some of those really small muscles like, like a bicep or one of the tricep heads. But over, over time, you know, over many cycles, uh, especially if you do high volume stuff, you, you will.
1: Yeah. And there's a website called spotinjections.com. Um, and it's pretty handy. It shows you all, uh, all the different spots you can inject. So you guys can check out that website and, uh, it'll help you out. All right. So the next one is, uh, how many CCs will each muscle take? So, um, you know, you see some of these guys on social media, some of your buddy, your buddies, Rick on social media, who they'll load up a syringe with like five CCs because they're injecting so many steroids, you know, these guys, they want to, you know, I don't know They're it's marketing, it's marketing. So they're running like five grams of steroids a week or something. So they have to inject that much at a time. Well, I don't think it's smart. When you inject that much into a muscle, you increase your chances of getting an abscess because that oil is going to want to clump. So what I recommend is maximum two and a half CCs uh, for a big muscle, two and a half CCs. And then for a smaller muscle, one CC. So, that would be my, my advice on that. Um, there's, the typical syringes are going to come in three cc's anyway, so you're not going to be able to inject more than two and a half cc's. Um, so that's probably you know, what you want to do if you're running a big cycle. And if you're running a smaller cycle, stick to one or one and a half cc's.
0: I exclusively only shoot glutes. It's a muscle that I'm used to shooting. I have good technique for, for getting it there. And I don't, I don't feel like it gives me too much pain. Whenever, I, whenever I've shot other groups, the uh, shoulders I might do once in a while, if not biceps, but I don't really take that much steroids. I'm not on cycle as much where I can, I can really do glutes most of the time. And look, I've gotten as much as six CCs in a glute, but that's doing that glute once every other week meaning I might do six cc's on, on the left side, and then next week I might do six cc's on the other. I've never shot more than about three cc's on the shoulder. So I've tried every injection shot, even my chest, but I just fell into, into using my glutes. It, it's pretty much the, the only muscle I shoot. When you shoot the glute, right, you, you kind of in your head draw an, an imaginary cross on your glute, and you want to go with the upper outer quadrant. So the upper outer quadrant, outer being towards your hip, not towards your crack. So uh, upper outer quadrant, it's is the is the place to go. And uh, that's, about, I mean, I, I've gotten as much as six CCs. I, I do some high volume stuff because I do like to get just legitimate veterinarian grade or legitimate human grade stuff. And most of it doesn't really come in these high concentrations that sources put out there. So if I'm trying to get the 200, uh, 200 milligrams of equipoise in a week or 300 milligrams, that's already four to six cc's just an EQ. I get that Gannable 50, which is only 50 mgs per cc um, of equipoise. And I like that one in particular because it's legitimate veterinarian grade and I could, I could get it uh, consistently. But yeah, it's high volume and, and that's the way I do it.
1: All right, guys. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is going to be. Um, that's going to be the, la- the last one we're going to talk about is how to know if you have an infection. So, yeah, I'm pe- to piggyback with what Rick just said um, earlier about pinning the tr- triceps, um, I pinned the triceps. And after I did that, I noticed uh, right off the bat, I started to get tissue irritation. And tissue irritation involved um, basically what would happen is it would get inflamed. And that's basically your body having a reaction. Your body's sending out inflammation to the muscle because it thinks that it's, you know, it's under attack. It doesn't like that you just stuck a needle in, in it. It may not like the compound that you injected because it thinks that compound is some type of foreign thing. So your body thinks it's being infected by something. It, so your body is going to react to it. So an infection is caused by either a situation like that or it could be caused by bacteria so that's actually your body causing that fever causing that redness okay it's not the actual you know infection that causes it does that make sense it's kind of like a virus a virus causes your immune system to react and you get side effects same thing so you have to keep that in mind. So just because your muscle after injection or a day later or two days later gets red, gets inflamed, get, gets hot to the touch, doesn't mean you have a bacterial infection. And a lot of guys, they run to the doctor and the doctor hands them antibiotics because that's what doctors do. They like to hand out drugs. They take the antibiotics and like five days later, oh, I'm cured, I feel better. Well, you, you could have just, left it alone maybe iced it down not messed with it and it would have went away after five days as well tissue irritation actually takes like seven to ten days to go away so you know that could happen so it's very very important not to just throw antibiotics at your body because you think you have an infection you have to make sure it's an actual infection And there's ways to tell that's an actual infection by going to a doctor and having him actually test it and see, do I have a bacterial infection? Do I have a surface uh, bacterial infection where that bacteria is going to eat away, you know, at the skin and grow and cause a issue down the line, you know? Um, So that's something that only a doctor can tell you. You can't really tell by, by looking at it. Uh, because a lot of times your body will trick you into thinking you have an infection, but you know I'm ranting a little bit. Rick, Rick what do you think about this one? You're a big, uh, big advocate of uh, infections, like about people who get infections.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get a uh, a lot of guys that I work with consult. though. I'll be the first call they make. Like Rick, I think I got an infection. You know, I, uh, and uh, this is this is my whole uh, thing on infections. So one, if you have just a, a a bad injection that that's painful, the pain will usually peak about 24 hours after the injection. That that's about your peak pain is about a, a day a day after. Then a day after that, it should get better. If it's just a bad injection, you'll tend to just get better day by day. Even if the pain lasts three four days, on the second day it'll be less painful than. On the first day, and then on the third day, it'll be less painful than on the second day, and so on and so on. The only time that you kind of know you have an infection is when it just starts to get worse day by day. When the pain is not subsiding, when the swelling gets worse, that's when you kind of know there's an infection there. Because if you have a bacterial infection and there's just some bacteria in there growing, it's not going to go away on its own. I mean, it could, but not right away it'll get worse over days before your body can beat it back and and make it get better. So the fact that you are day after day getting worse, that's a good sign that you have something wrong, something, some infection. Now, depending on how deep you went with the shot, you're going to be able to see by sight an infection. Here's, Here's a good, clear way to know if your shot is an infection, guys. It'll have a pretty dark outer ring with a, pinkish kind of reddish uh, towards towards the middle a little bit and right at right at the inside right where the infection is right in the middle of that infection it'll be light color it'll be very very light colored. so that's a telltale sign that and it'll be warm to the touch that's a good sign that holy shit there's some bacteria something in there growing that shouldn't be growing it'll have a very light color very discolored center then it'll be reddish around the color center and you'll tend to have a fairly clear kind of um dark ring around it like if you hit yourself against something but in a very kind of circular circularish ring with a little bit of pinkish going going in coming in from that and then you'll have a a white center sometimes with a very with a, with a dot in the middle where the shot went in, you'll usually get this right right at the shot. And this is if the if the inject if this is if the injection was either shallow enough to where you'll see the infection right away, or if it's going enough days where it's just where where it's just there. So that's a good if you see that if you see that discolored center with going onto a pinkish onto a purplish ring, that's an infection. You need to get your ass to the doctor. And if you see it like that chances are you might not be able to beat it back with antibiotics alone. You might need to get sliced open and, and have a doctor drain it if, if it got that bad. Um, some infections, like I have a buddy of mine, got rest of soul. He, he actually had an infection on his quad and his whole leg got big and tight. It wasn't just the injection site. He, you know, quads, they, all those muscles kind of overlap in there. And then, he just got like an infection, like in between a couple of muscles and he didn't have the typical kind of, you know, white center with a pinkish to purple ring. It it, it just, his whole leg got swollen and he had just a, a patch, a dark patch kind of where the injection was. So if if the infection is deep enough you or, or very new, you might not see the pattern I'm telling you about, but uh, but you'll see it other ways. Anyway, one thing we didn't mention here is, uh, you know, you could shoot these steroids subcutaneously. You can just pinch a little bit of, uh, of skin and fat and actually uh, shoot testosterone specifically uh, right, on the, right on, the, on the fat there, on the, under the skin. Um, this is not something that I, I've ever done, but I've seen it more recently in the last, I'd say last five, seven years, guys talking about this. Um, just basically pinching a little bit of a uh, of fatty uh, fatty skin and shooting their steroid right right up right under the skin. I've I've seen it there and I've I've heard about it. Uh, people doing it and it's not something I've practiced myself to be honest, but just something to throw out there for guys.
1: Yeah, you can if it's a small amount and it's very infrequent, you can definitely get away with that. Some TRT clinics will will inject half a cc once a week or once every other week, and you're good to go. Um, I don't recommend it. If you're running a regular cycle, it makes absolutely no sense because you're going to get an abscess. You're injecting that much oil, sub, sub-Q, that, that's what's going to happen. All right, guys, I, we, we covered all these topics, and you know that, that sums it up. So this was a great episode, episode 358 for Steve Smee and Rick. We will talk to you next week with another Q&A. Have a good one.
0: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
1: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any treatment.
0: there you go guys that was pretty pretty darn good injection information i'll see you guys here next week i got another cool episode coming up next week so so i'll see you guys here